Our Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, just seeking your grace and your mercy. Lord, we confess to you we are but sinners in need of your grace. And Lord, you have freely bestowed that grace upon us through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray as we open your word this morning that uh, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you would penetrate our hearts with your truth, that Lord, you would enlighten our minds to understand your truth the way that you would have us to understand it. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with me particularly as I uh, humbly attempt to proclaim your truth, Lord that you be with me, that all that I say would be from you, uh, that it would be your truth. But Lord, if I say anything that is not of you, I pray that you would burn it up like chaff. Lord, we ask you to be with us and bestow us with your grace and mercy this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our sermon passage uh, this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, and we'll be reading verse 8 through 13. This is the word of the Lord. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. Mlango wa tatu wa kitabu cha Efeso, sura ya nane, hadi kuminatate, nune la mungu nasema, Mimi nilie mdogo kuliko yeye alie mdogo wa watakatifu wote, na lipewa neema hii ya kuwaubiri mataifa utajiri wake kristu usiopimika na kuangaza watu wote wajue habari za madaraka ya siri hiyo ambayo tangu zamani zote ilisitirika katika mungu alie viumba vitu vyote basi ili sasa kwa njia ya kanisa hekima ya mungu ilio ya namna nyingi ijulikane na, mfa, na falme na mamlaka katika ulimwengu wa roho kwa kadri ya kusudi la milele alilo kusudia katika kristu yesu buwana wetu katika yeye tunau tajiri na utunao ujasiri na uwezo wa kukaribia katika tumaini kwa njia ya kumwamini basi naomba msikate tamaa kwa sababu ya dhiki zangu kwa ajili yenu zilizo utukufu kwenu neno la Mungu Now last week we looked in depth into what Paul called the mystery of Christ Juma lilopita katika somo la dini tulifunzwa jinsi and the conclusion that we came to was that in this age since the death and the resurrection of Christ 
na tamati ambayo tulifikia kulingana kizazi ambacho tuko nacho sasa baada ya Yesu kufufuka kati yetu in this age that we currently live in since the time of the death of Christ and his resurrection katika kizazi hiki ambacho tunaishi baada ya Yesu Kristo kufufuka na kifo chake Jews and Gentiles do not just worship together sio kwamba wayahudi na watu wa mataifa wanaubia wanaomba pamoja but Jews and Gentiles are united together ya kwamba ndani ya Yesu Kristu watu wa mataifa na wayahudi wameunganishwa wakawa kitu kimoja members of the same body wakiwa washiriki washirika wa mwili mmoja and having the same privilege before God wakiwa na faida moja mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu All believers whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Waumini wote hata kama wakiwa Wayahudi ama watu wa mataifa. All believers are descendants of Abraham. Waumini wote ni wanatoka katika kizazi cha Ibrahimu. And we saw that all Christians whether they are Jews or they are Gentiles. Na tuliona kwamba wakristo wawe watu wa mataifa ama Wayahudi are fellow heirs together with Christ. Ni waridhi pamoja na ndani ama ndani ya Yesu Kristu. And we are all heirs because we are members of the same body that is God's church. Sisi wote ni waridhi kwa sababu sisi wote tunatoka katika nafasi moja ambaye ni Yesu Kristu ama ndani ya Yesu Kristu. There is only one church. Kumbuka kwamba kuna kanisa moja peke yake. God has but one church. Mungu ameamrisha kwamba kuna kanisa moja peke yake. And the members of that church of God are all those who believe. Na washirika katika kanisa lake ni wale wote ambao ni waumini. You're not a member because you come here every week to Mercy Baptist Church. That is not what makes you to be a member of God's church. Sio kwamba kila Jumapili unapoelekea kanisani inakufanya wewe kuwa mshirika katika kanisa la Mungu. Some churches or churches like Mercy Baptist Church have some people come who are members of God's church and some who come who are not members of God's church. Kwa mfano kanisa la huruma inaruhusu wale ambao ni washirika ama waumini katika kanisa hii kuja kanisani na kuna wale ambao washiriki hapa lakini tunawapatia ruhusa kushiriki pamoja nasi. And there are members of God's church all over this world. Na kwamba kuna washirika wa kanisa la Mwenyezi Mungu katika sehemu yote ambayo inapatikana hapa ulimwenguni. And there are members of God's church who have already died. They no longer live in their earthly bodies. Na kuna washirika ambao hapo awali walikuwa wakati yetu lakini walielekea katika nafasi ya mauti. And I imagine there are future members of God's church who are yet to be born. Na kuna wale wengine ambao ni washirika wa Mwenyezi Mungu hawajazaliwa. But what makes a person a member of the church of God is faith and that faith is a gift of God lakini ile kitu ambayo inafanya wewe kuwa mshirika wa kanisa na Mwenyezi Mungu ni imani ambayo ni kipaji kutoka kwa Mwenyezi Mungu and God has one church he does not have many churches na Mungu ana kanisa moja hana kanisa nyingi ama makanisa mengi and that church consists of all believers whether past or present or future na haijalishi ni wakale ni wasasa ama siku za usoni wote ni washirika wa Mwenyezi Mungu and as members of the church of God we are all 
partakers of the promises of God. Na kama sisi ni washirika au waumini sisi wote tunashiriki katika ahadi ya Mwenyezi Mungu. The most important promise being the promise of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Na ahadi ambayo iliyo kuu ya muhimu ni ile ya kwamba uokovu ndani ya Yesu Kristu. That salvation provided by the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Na uokovu ambao tulipewa na yule mwanakondoo ambaye alikuja kuondoa dhambi kati yetu. It is in Christ that we are heirs and inherit the kingdom of God. Sisi tunakuwa waridhi ndani ya Yesu Kristu kwa sababu ya kazi na matendo yake. This is what God through his servant Paul communicates in the first seven verses of chapter 3 of Ephesians. Katika mlango wa tatu wa kitabu cha Efeso sura ya kwanza hadi ya saba ujumbe ambao tunapewasilishwa kutoka kwetu ni kwamba Mungu anamwambia yule mtume Paulo ya kwamba sisi tunakuwa washirika pamoja naye kupitia kazi na matendo ya mwanakondoo ambao ni Yesu Kristu. And today as we move into these next verses 8 through 13 na siku ya leo tunapoelekea katika aya ya nane hadi 13 we see how this mystery of christ affects various people na tunaona kwamba hii siri ya Mwenyezi Mungu bila ambavyo inaathiri ama inadhuru watu wengine and listen as we look into these wonders na sikiza kwa makini tunapoangazia hizi maajabu ambazo zinatokana na siri ya Mwenyezi Mungu revealed to us in these scriptures that God gave us and has preserved these thousands of years ambayo tunafunuliwa kwetu katika maandiko katika aya ambayo tunasema siku ya leo ambayo Mungu ameifadhi kwa miaka ama karne elfu na elfu and as we are helped by the holy spirit na tunapopata msaada wa roho mtakatifu kuweza kuelewa As we look into these things I want us to be in awe. Na tunaposikiza na tunapoangazia haya maandiko siku ya leo lazima tukue katika nafasi ya kumakinika katika neno la Mwenyezi Mungu. I want us to be in awe of God in I believe the the Swahili word is hofu. Na okay. <laughs> na tuwe katika nafasi ya hofu kumpatia Mwenyezi Mungu heshima kubwa sana. In fact, I would argue that as we learn more of God who has revealed himself to us through creation. Na tunapozidi kuelewa siri ya Mwenyezi Mungu na inatufunuliwa kwetu, lazima tuwe katika nafasi ya kuhofia Mwenyezi Mungu. And has revealed himself to us in scripture. Na amejifunua kwetu sisi kupitia maandiko. If we really are understanding these things, if we really get some idea of who God really is. Na kama kweli tunasoma maandiko na tunaelewa ujumbe ambao unatoka kwake, tunatakana kuwa na hofu juu yake. Then we we have no choice but to be in awe of him na kwa sababu maneno yake na ahadi yake ni ya kweli na huwa natimiza lazima kutue katika nafasi ya hofu god has created all things mungu ameumba vitu vyote there's nothing that exists that was not created by god hakuna kitu ambacho kina uzima ambacho kinaonekana ambacho kisichoonekana ambacho Mungu hakuumba there is god and then there is everything else kuna Mungu na vitu vingine vyote and that everything else all of it was created and is ruled over 
by God. Na hizi vitu vyote vingine na viliumbwa na Mwenyezi Mungu na Mungu ana mamlaka juu ya hizo vitu. And God created man. Na Mungu aliumba binadamu. He created them holy and upright. Aliwaumba katika nafasi ya kuwa watakatifu na wamenyooka. Without sin, God created Adam and Eve. Mungu alimuumba Adamu na Hawa bila dhambi. God took Adam and he placed him in the garden. Akamchukua Adam akamweka katika ile bustani ya Edeni. And he made him in the image of God. Na akamuumba kwa mfano wa Mwenyezi Mungu mwenyewe. Knowing God's moral law. Akijua maadili ya Mwenyezi Mungu. That which is now summarized in the Ten Commandments. Ambayo imefupishwa katika zile amri kumi. And God gave Adam a positive law as well. Thou shalt not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mungu akampatia ile sheria ya kwamba asile kutoa lile mti ule mti ambao ni amona uzima wa hekima na maarifa. And Adam was to obey God's law as he uh, fellowship with God there in the garden. Na ilikuwa lazima Adamu aweze kutii sheria ya Mwenyezi Mungu akishiriki pamoja naye katika zile bustani. And after a, a period of time that we don't know how long then God would have uh, allowed Adam to eat from the tree of life. Na muda ambao Mungu alikuwa amepanga kumruhusu yule Adamu na Hawa kula ule mti wa uzima sisi hatufahamu lakini kuna muda ambao Mungu alikuwa amepanga mwenyewe. And if Adam had done so humanity never would have known death. Na kama Adamu na Hawa angeweza kutii sheria ya Mwenyezi Mungu kikamilifu sisi hatungejelewa ama tungejua mauti ni nini. But as most of us already know Adam failed he rebelled against god his wife was deceived by satan and his wife gave him the forbidden fruit and he ate na vile ambavyo wengi wetu tunafahamu ni kwamba yule bin adamu adamu aliweza kushindwa aliweza kupungukiwa na utukufu na bibi yake hawa aliweza kudanganywa na yule joka na kala lile tunda ambayo mungu alikuwa amekataza na tukielekea katika nafasi ya kupungukiwa na utukufu but even in that moment god was gracious to mankind he promised a savior lakini neema ya Mungu hata ilitawala wakati ule akatuwaahidi atatuletea mwokozi ama mkombozi Genesis 3:15 he told Satan in the presence of Adam and Eve of a seed of the woman who would crush the serpent said Nona kwamba Mungu katika kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 3 mstari wa 15 alisema mbele ya yule joka ya kwamba atamtoa mbegu ambaye atakuja kumponda kichwa yule joka And the rest of the Old Testament reveals more and more about this seed of the woman that was to come na tukiendelea kusoma katika maandiko ya kale ama agano ya kale tunapata kwamba tunaendelea kufafanua vile ambavyo yule ambaye aliahidiwa atakuja na kumwangamiza yule ambaye ni shetani and then in the gospels we read that that savior that seed of the woman did in fact come the lord jesus christ emmanuel god with us came na katika injili ama agano jipya tunapata kwamba yale ambayo Mungu aliahidi yanatimizwa ya kwamba yule mbegu yule mwokozi yule mesia atakuja kati yetu na atakuja kutuokoa na atamshinda yule ambaye ni ibilisi and he did in fact crush the serpent's head he defeated satan na tunajua kwamba yule ambaye alikuja mwokozi wetu aliponda kichwa cha yule ambaye ni joka na akamshinda ibilisi satan thought he had a great victory he had caused god's Uh, uh, 
choices creation humanity to rebel against him to fall into sin kumbuka kwamba yule joka yule ibilisi yule shetani alikuwa anaona kwamba amemshinda Mungu kwa sababu Mungu alitumba sisi ama Adamu kwa mfano wake na yeye aliweza kumwangusha na kupungukiwa na utukufu mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu and yet in Jesus Christ God defeated Satan's plan he made a way of salvation for fallen mankind lakini Mwenyezi Mungu kupitia mwanao pekee ambaye ni mwanakondoo ambaye ni Yesu Kristu alitengeneza njia kwa watu wote ambao wana imani ndani yake waweze kupata wokovu and God is still at work today gathering in his elect that is his church lakini hata siku ya leo Mungu anatembea akikusanya wale ambao ndio wake ambao aliwateula aliwateua kuwa wake. And because as we as we learn these things na tunaposoma haya maneno as we see these things in the scriptures tunaweza kuona haya maneno katika maandiko as the spirit of god penetrates our hearts that we understand na mara kwa mara kazi ya roho mtakatifu inazidi kutendeka ndani yetu we cannot help If we are Christian, if we are believers, we cannot help but be in awe of this God. Na kwa hivyo kama kazi ya Roho Mtakatifu inazidi kutendeka ndani ya maisha yako, ni lazima vile ambavyo unazidi kugundua ukweli na unajua uzuri na na vile Mungu anaitimiza ahadi zake unakuwa katika nafasi ya hofu mbele yake. We cannot help but be affected ni lazima katika maisha yako kama kweli roho mtakatifu inatenda ndani yako lazima kwa njia njia moja ama nyingine neno la Mungu likushawishi and this mystery of christ na hii siri ambayo ni ya kristu that was revealed by god to paul ambaye Mungu alimfunua kwake mtume paulo and now revealed to us through the scriptures na imefunuliwa kwetu sasa kupitia maandiko matakatifu this mystery of christ affects All of us. Kumbuka kwamba hii siri ambayo ni Yesu Kristu inatuwashawishi inatushawishi sisi wote. And as we see from our passage, it affected Paul. Na vile tunasoma katika fungu ya siku ya leo ni kwamba iliweza kumshawishi mtume Paulo. It affects heavenly beings. Inaweza kushawishi ama inaleta athari kwa wale wote ambao ni wana nafasi ya kiungu ndani yao. It affects believers inaweza kudhuru ama ileta tofauti katika wale ambao ni waumini and finally it affects unbelievers na pia zaidi wale ambao wamekosa kuamini pia inawaathiri so let's go through these in more detail na sasa tuangazie hizi aya kwa kindani starting with paul the mystery of christ affected paul tunaanzia kwa yule ambaye ni mtume paulo tunaona kwamba vile ambavyo siri ya Mwenyezi Mungu ama Yesu Kristo iliweza kumshawishi he calls himself the very least of all the saints did Anas- you catch that when we were reading anasema katika aya ya nane kwamba yeye ni mdogo ya kati ya wale ambao ni watakatifu wote now here's what i want you to do for just in your mind nataka tuchukue hii taswira katika fikra zako hold up if you would pause example here chukua mfano ambaye mtume paulo ametoa and compare him to the majority of the preachers that you hear today na uweze kujaribu kumlinganisha na wahubiri wengi ambao unawasikia hata sasa i did that yeye aliweza kuchukua hiyo nafasi ya kufanya hivyo and here's what i came up with na hivi ndio maoni yake aliyopata kupata so many who claim to be men of god today watu wengi kati yetu ambao wanasema kwamba hao ni wachungaji ama watu ambao wanafanya kazi ya Mungu they are the exact opposite of what 
Paul demonstrates for us here. Kulingana na maandiko matakatifu, hao ni kinyume kabisa na vile ambavyo Mtume Paulo anaeleza. Listen to what Paul says. He calls himself the very least. Anasema kwamba yeye ni mdogo. Yeye ni mdogo kati ya wale ambao ni watakatifu. Paul is very humble. Yeye ni mtu ambaye amenyenyekea. He does not consider himself greater than others. Yeye aoni kwamba yeye ni mkuu kuliko watu wengine. Even though God does a very great work through Paul, Paul does not consider himself greater than others. Hata kupitia kwa neema ya Mwenyezi Mungu ambaye ilimwezesha yeye kufanya kazi kubwa ndani ya mtume Paulo, tunaona kwamba bado yeye katika nafasi yake hajisahau, ananyenyekea, anakuwa na hofu mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu. And yet most of the men and the women who today call themselves the men of God or the women of God, they are the exact opposite. Lakini sasa hata siku ya leo kati yetu tunafahamu kwamba wale wote ambao Mungu ametenda ndani yao mara nyingi wanajazwa na kiburi na ujeuri na wanasahau ya kwamba Mungu amewabariki na wanatenda kinyume ya neno la Mwenyezi Mungu. When you go to their churches or you go to their conferences or you go to their revivals or whatever, they want you to know how important they are. Unapoelekea katika nafasi kwa mfano wako na kongamano, wako na sherehe fulani, kwa pengine wako na ibada, kazi yao ni kwamba wana nataka wewe unaoinamia wewe au wewe wenyewe ama unawapatia heshima kubwa I recently read of one pastor I can't remember if it was here in Kenya or Uganda but it was it was one of those two Hivi majuzi nilianza kusoma juu ya mchungaji katika siwezi kumbuka vizuri pengine ilikuwa katika nchi ya Kenya ama pengine kule Uganda He he claimed that he is so holy Alikuwa anasema kwamba yeye ni mtakatifu sana that he could not walk on the ground <laughs> so you see the pictures in the newspaper and there are all these these poor people they're just laying on the ground one after another and he's stepping on each of them So his holy feet don't touch the ground. Ya kwamba yeye ni mtakatifu na kwa hivyo yeye hawezi guza inchi na watu ambao wamelala chini anatembea juu yake kwa sababu yeye ni mtakatifu. Now that is a bit extreme. Na hiyo inaonesha kwamba amezidi. But I see the same attitude in many many of the preachers of today. Lakini hiyo ni hali ama tabia ya watu wengi ambao wanajiita wachungaji. Rarely will you find a man say like Paul, I was very least of all the saints. Sio rahisi utapata mtu kama mtume Paulo ambaye anakiri ya kwamba mimi niliye mdogo kuliko yeye aliye mdogo wa watakatifu wote. Elsewhere he says he's least of all the apostles. Here he's not even talking apostles, he's talking all the saints, all the believers. He considers himself the least of all of them. Kuna katika sehemu nyingine ya maandiko anasema kwamba kati ya mitume wote yeye ndio aliye chini sana, lakini hapa anasema kati ya watakatifu atahesabiki pale yeye ni mdogo kuliko hao ambao ni watakatifu. Putting himself below women who are believers putting himself below children who are believers yeah anaona kwamba ako chini ya wale ambao ni wanawake ambao ni waumini na pia watoto ambao ni waumini this was paul's attitude hiyo ndio tabia ama hisia bila ambavyo yeye mtume paulo alikuwa anajiona mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu but these prideful false teachers 
are not men of God. Lakini wale walimwabandia ambao wamejaa kiburi na ujeuri ukweli ni kwamba hao hawasiwa waumini mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu. They follow their father the devil. Hao kwa Biblia maandiko yamesema kwamba wanaelekezwa na baba yao ambaye ni shetani. You see a great man of God like Paul and he's very humble. Unaona kwamba yule ambaye ni wa Mungu tabia zake zinaambatana na neno Mwenyezi Mungu yeye amenyenyekea. And many of these men and women they are so full of pride. Lakini hao ambao wanasema ni wachungaji wamejawa wamejazwa na kiburi. They are like their father the devil. He is the one who is full of pride, not the man of God. Tunakumbuka kwamba Mungu anasema kwamba wale ambao wananyenyekea ni wake, lakini wale wamejaa kiburi ni wa wale ambao ni wa ibilisi ambaye ni shetani. It was pride that brought Satan to rebel against God. Tunakumbuka kwamba ni kiburi ambaye ilifanya yule ambaye ni ibilisi akaweza kumwasi Mwenyezi Mungu. And it is pride that keeps many from God even today. Kumbuka kwamba ile hali ya kiburi ni inatutenga sisi kutoka kwa Mwenyezi Mungu. But for those who really know the Lord Jesus Christ. Lakini kwa wale wote kwa ukweli wanamjua Yesu Kristu. There's no room for pride. Kumbuka kwamba Mungu anawezesha na kiburi haitakuwa ndani yako. And when they realize they have messed up and their pride has come out now they confess. Na wakigundua kwamba kiburi inawaelekeza kwa njia ya mpendezi wanakiri na wanatubu mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu. Pride is the root of all sinfulness. Kumbuka kwamba kiburi na ndio kiini ama chanzo cha dhambi yote. Why do we not worship God the way that we ought to? Ni kwa nini tumwabudu Mungu kwa njia inavyopaswa? Pride kwa sababu ya kiburi. Why do we steal? Je, kwa nini tunaiba? Pride ni kwa sababu ya kiburi. We think we deserve that thing. Unaona kama unastahili kwa honor that thing doesn't deserve it. I deserve it. Unawana, so I take it for myself. Unaona kwamba yule ambaye ako nacho sio astahili lakini wewe ambao unahitaji unaitaka kwa, kwa lazima. That is pride. Kumbuka kwamba hiyo ni nafasi ya kiburi. Why do we lie? Ni kwa nini tunapenda kudanganya? Pride ni kwa sababu ya kiburi. We don't want to be caught. We're, we're too good to be caught in what we did so we lie about it. Kwa sababu wewe unaona kwamba wewe ni mwema sana kwa hivyo unadanganya ili uonekane unatenda mema. Why do we cheat? Ni kwa nini unapenda kusema uongo? Pride kwa sababu ya kiburi. We think we deserve a better grade or a better job or whatever we're cheating at. Unaona kwamba unastahili kitu bora zaidi kulicho kuliko ambacho kile ambacho uko nacho saizo. Some of you men you cheat on your wives. Kati yetu kuna wale ambao wanaenda nje wanafanya usharati wanadanganya wanakuwa watu wasioaminifu kwa bibi zao. That is an abomination to God. But why do you do it? Ni kwa sababu hiyo ni hali ambayo mpendezi Mwenyezi Mungu lakini kwa nini unatenda hivyo? Out of pride. Ni kwa sababu ya kiburi. You think you deserve to be with this woman and that woman any woman that you choose. Wewe unaona kwamba vile sisi wabugusu tunasema kwamba wewe uliz zaliwa kwa sababu ya wanawake. Pride is at the heart of all of our sinfulness. Kwa sababu kiini cha dhambi zetu ni kwamba sisi tuna kiburi. And here in Paul we see plainly the reason that he is so humble. Na katika kitabu cha Efeso siku ya leo tunaona kwa nini yule ambaye ni mtume Paulo ananyenyekea. He has been affected by this mystery of Christ. Tunagundua kwamba ushawishi wa siri ambaye ni Yesu Kristo imetendeka katika maisha yake. The fact that The God who has created the entire universe would come into the world that he created becoming a man. Ni kwamba Yesu Kristo ambaye akichukua nafsi ya binadamu aliweza kuja kati yetu na alikuwa Mungu katika nafasi nyingine. And suffering as a man. Na akaweza kuteseka kama binadamu. Even suffering 
the cross na kufika kiwango ya kusulubiwa msalabani not only for jews like paul but for gentiles like us na hakuja kwa sababu ya wayahudi kama mtume paulo peke yake lakini alikuja kwa watu mataifa kama sisi and it's this grace of god that paul wants his hearers to focus on and not him na yeye anataka tuangazie neema ya mwenyezi Mungu sio yeye kama mtume paulo he doesn't want them focused on what paul has accomplished personally wasiangazie yale ambayo mtume paulo ameza kutimiza katika maisha yake and he says look out of the saints i'm the least of them ndio maana anasema kati ya watakatifu yeye ndio mdogo kuliko watakatifu wote don't focus on me you focus on the grace of god msiniangazie mimi ama msinitazamie mimi lakini mtazamie neema ya Mwenyezi Mungu Paul wants everyone to know that he has done nothing to earn God's grace yeye anataka kila mtu afahamu ya kwamba hakuna chochote ambacho ametenda katika maisha yake kustahili neema ya Mwenyezi Mungu Paul hated the church Paul persecuted the church kumbuka kwamba mtume Paulo hapo awali alichukia ukristo alichukia kanisa yeye kazi yake ilikuwa ni kuharibu kanisa And it was Jesus Christ who came to him in a vision. Nakumbuka kwamba Mungu ama Yesu Kristo ndiye alikuja kwake katika nafasi ya maono. And gave him no choice but to love him, to obey him, to follow him. Na Mungu aliweza kuamuru, hakumpatia nafasi ya kuweza kuchagua. Alikuwa lazima ampende, amfuate na mtii. And if you're a believer, God has done the same with you, not through a vision, but he has done what he promised in Ezekiel. He's taken your heart of stone and he's given you a heart of flesh so that you can repent and believe the gospel. Na Mungu ameweza kutenda ndani yako kama wewe ni muumini muumini kwa sababu katika kitabu cha Ezekiel sura ya 26 amesema kwamba ameondoa moyo wa jiwe amekupatia moyo wa nyama. Paul did nothing to earn the grace of God. Yeye hakufanya chochote ili astahili neema ya Mwenyezi Mungu. And there's nothing any of us can do to earn the grace of God. Na hakuna kati yetu anaweza mpendeza Mungu mwenyewe kwa juhudi yake ama bidii yake. But God has in fact bestowed his grace upon Paul. Lakini Mungu amewezesha neema yake kuwa juu ya mtume Paulo. And for what purpose? Na ni kusudi gani? Is it so Paul can have double double? Ama pengine mtume Paulo aweze kupata mambo mengi katika maisha yake. Has God given Paul grace so that Paul can now be a very wealthy man? Je, Mungu amempatia neema yake ili aweze kuwa mwenyenye ama mtu tajiri sana? Has God given Paul grace so that he can live a very comfortable life without any problems, without any sickness? Je, Mungu amempatia neema yake ili aishi maisha kabaya hana ugonjwa, hana mateso, hapiti hali ngumi yote katika maisha yake. Quite the contrary. Lakini ni kinyume na vile ambavyo sisi tunaona. Paul has many troubles in his short life. Unajua kwamba vile ambavyo ameandika hii barua anapitia mambo mengi magumu katika maisha yake. Paul says here that God gave him grace so that he can preach to the gentiles the unfathomable riches in Christ. Yeye anasema ya kwamba Mungu alimpatia neema yake ili aweze kutangaza utajiri wa Mwenyezi Mungu usio na kipimo. That is the the purpose that God has given Paul grace. Hiyo ndio kusudi ya Mwenyezi Mungu kumpatia neema yake. Not so that Paul can be selfish and keep it all to himself, but so that he can share the good news with others. Aliweza kumpatia neema yake ili asiwe mchoyo lakini ashiriki pamoja na wenzake awafunulie siri ambaye Mungu alikusudia mtume Paulo apatie watu wa kimataifa. That is the problem with 
what we call the prosperity gospel. Hiyo ndio mashaka ambayo inapatikana katika injili ya ufanisi. Preached by so many throughout not only Kenya but the whole world. Tunapata kwamba watu wengi wanaubiri injili ya ufanisi sana sana Kenya na sehemu nyingi katika ulimwengu wetu huu. It is a false gospel. Kumbuka kwamba ni injili ya bandia. And the problem with the prosperity gospel is that it leaves everyone so poor. Ya kwamba injili ya ufanisi huwa inafanya inawacha kila mtu katika nafasi ya umaskini. Because it would have us focus on the the riches of this world. Ya kwamba sisi tunaangazia utajiri wa ulimwengu huu. The prosperity gospel preacher will tell you to love the world. Ya kwamba injili ya ufanisi yule ambaye anahubiri anakuambia kwamba apenda ulimwengu. He will tell you that Christ died so that you can have a rich life. Yeye anabadilisha maandiko anasema kwamba Yesu alikufa ili uweze kuwa na maisha ambayo imejaa mambo mazuri ama utajiri. And if you're struggling financially it is only because of your faith. Na anaweza kuambia kwamba unangangana katika maisha yako kwa sababu ya imani yako. You just don't have enough faith. Ya kwamba imani ambayo uko nayo haitoshi. But they're lying. God never promised anyone to be wealthy. Lakini katika maandiko Mungu hako haidi mtu wote ya kwamba atakuwa tajiri. Not in the way that the prosperity gospel preachers mean wealth. Na Mungu anaposema ya kwamba utakuwa tajiri haimaanishi katika nafasi ya ulimwengu ama mali ambayo tunamiliki. But there are far more riches in Jesus Christ. Lakini tunajua kwamba utajiri ambao unapatikana ndani ya Yesu Kristo hauna kipimo. That is what the preachers of the prosperity gospel do not understand. Lakini wale waubiri ambao wanaeneza injili ya ufanisi hawaelewi ya kwamba utajiri ambao Mungu anazungumzia hauna kipimo. That is what the followers who go to those prosperity gospel churches don't understand. Nakumbuka wale ambao wanashiriki katika zile kanisa ambazo zinaeneza injili ya ufanisi hawafahamu. They think they should focus on the riches of the world not understanding there are far more riches in Jesus Christ than there are in this world. Hao vinambavyo wanaangazia ama wanatazama ni kwamba waangazie utajiri ambao unapatikana katika maisha ya sasa sio yale ambayo inapatikana katika mbingu ama nchi mpya. Here's what God says. Na haya ndiyo maneno Mungu anasema. First John 2:15. Kitabu cha waraka wa kwanza wa Yohana sura ya pili 2:15. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Waraka wa kwanza wa Yohana sura ya pili mstari wa 15 unasema hivi, msipende dunia wala mambo yaliyomo katika dunia. Mtu akipenda dunia kumpenda baba hakumo ndani yake. I've never heard a prosperity gospel preach this verse. Hakuna siku utapata kwamba mtu ambaye anahubiri injili ya ufanisi anatumia aya kama hii. But that's what false teachers do. They just pick and choose the verses that they want to try and prove their point. Na tunapata kwamba hao wahubiri wanachagua mistari ama aya fulani ili kupendeza wale ambao wanasikiza. But that's why at Mercy Baptist Church you see that we preach through whole books of the Bible, verse by verse by verse. There's no skipping any verses. We deal with them all. Ndio maana sisi katika kanisa la huruma huwa tunafuata kitabu kimoja hadi kingine, aya moja hadi nyingine, mlango moja hadi nyingine. Haturuki maneno kwa sababu Mungu aliyekeza tutumie maandiko kuishi maisha bila ambavyo inampendeza yeye. Because we want to guard against false teaching. We want to guard against just taking one or two verses here and there and saying this is what it means when it's not really what 
it means tunachukua ile athari ya kuweza kusoma maandiko vile ambavyo Mungu alipanga sio kwamba vile ambavyo binadamu anapenda Paul in our passage here in verse 8 speaks of the unfathomable riches in Jesus Christ. Na tunaona katika aya ya nane yule mhubiri ama mtume Paulo anasema kwamba kuna utajiri ambao uko ndani ya Yesu Kristo ambao hauna kipimo. Think about that for a minute. Chukua muda utafakari juu ya hayo. The riches that the prosperity gospel preacher will tell you about. Angazia ile utajiri ambayo ile yule ambaye anahubiri injili ya ufanisi anazungumzia. They are fathomable that is they are understandable you're able to imagine them ni mambo ambayo unaweza elewa unaweza fikiria juu yake kwa mfano pesa kwa mfano mavazi kwa mfano magari kwa mfano manyumba ama shamba exactly you can imagine yourself having all of these things that the prosperity gospel preacher promises you wewe una ile taswira ya kwamba unaweza kuwa unaweza miliki shamba unaweza kuwa na fedha kwa account yako mambo mengi kwa mfano mavazi viatu magari but what we read about in the word of god is the unfathomable riches in christ lakini katika maandiko wa efeso sura ya 3 mstari wa 8 inasema kwamba utajiri ambao uko ndani ya yesu kristo hauna kipimo kwa mfano pendo they are greater than anything we can imagine ni mambo yaliyo makuu kwa mfano amani kwa mfano pendo Why can we not imagine them? Na ni kwa nini hatuna nafasi ya kuwa na taswira juu yake? Because in our lives here in this world we have never seen anything, experienced anything that is like the riches that we find in Christ Jesus. Ni kwa sababu katika maisha ambayo tumeishi sasa hii, katika ulimwengu wetu sasa hii, hatujaishuhudia utajiri ambao Yesu Kristo anazungumzia. Romans 11:33. Kitabu cha Warumi sura ya 11 mstari wa 31. Oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways jinsi zilivyo kuu utajiri na hekima na maarifa ya Mungu hukumu zake hazichunguziki wala njia zake hazitafuniki the prosperity gospel promises you the world injili ya ufanisi inakuahidi mambo ya ulimwengu and in doing so keeps you separate from god na kwa hivyo katika hiyo nafasi inakutenga na Mwenyezi Mungu and on top of that almost no one under the prosperity gospel actually gets the world na kwa hivyo katika nafasi ya wale ambao wanaamini injili ya ufanisi hakuna yote anamiliki mambo ya ulimwengu it's just a bunch of empty promises ni ahadi ambazo ziko wazi hazina mbele wala nyuma but in the true gospel of jesus christ we get God. Lakini katika unjili, injili ya, ya kweli ambayo ni Yesu Kristo tunapata Mwenyezi Mungu ambaye ni, ni mwenye enzi. We get the, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Tunaweza kufahamu kipimo ya utajiri ambao unapatikana ndani ya Yesu Kristo. We we start to understand some of his unfathomable ways tunaanza kuelewa na kujua njia zake ambazo zina utajiri ambao binadamu wa kawaida hawezi elewa and paul has been affected by this na unaona kwamba yule mtume paulo ameshawishika na uwezo na hilo neno la mwenyezi mungu he has great awe for the incredible life that he has graciously been given by Jesus Christ. Kwa njia moja nyingine anaheshima kuu mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu ama anaofia mbele ya Mwenyezi Mungu kwa sababu ya yale Mungu amemtendea katika maisha yake. But do you realize what Paul does not do? Lakini kuna jambo ambalo mtume Paulo afanyi. Paul does not look at his circumstances in order to determine whether he has the riches 
of Christ. Lakini unaona kwamba jambo ambalo ninashangaza ni kwamba yule mtume Paulo haangalii mazingira yake, haangalii ile hali ambayo inapitia makati wakati ule ili aweze kuona kwamba Mungu anatenda kitu katika maisha yake. When Paul wrote the letter of Ephesians, he was a prisoner. Kumbuka kwamba alipoandika waraka huu alikuwa mfungwa. He doesn't look at his circumstance to determine whether or not He is in Christ. Yeye haijalishi yeye ni mfungwa anateseka ili aweze kujua kwamba yeye ni mfungwa wa Yesu Kristu ama ako ndani ya Yesu Kristu. Paul does not look at his financial situation to see whether or not he possesses the riches of Christ. Yeye haimjalishi ya kwamba yeye ni maskini, yeye ni tajiri ili aweze kuangalia kama Yesu Kristu ako ndani yake ama yeye ni mridhi wa Yesu Kristu. Finances in this world have nothing to do with the riches of Jesus Christ. Hali yako ya kifedha haina uhusiano wote na kati yako na Mwenyezi Mungu. Paul was never a wealthy man. Kumbuka kama mtume Paulo hakuwa tajiri. And yet he's one of the pillars of our faith. Lakini ni kati ya mnara ya wale ambao wana imani. He wrote the majority of what we call the New Testament. Yeye aliandika barua nyingi katika agano jipya. Prosperity gospel preachers want you to believe that Jesus wants you to be rich. Wale ambao wanahubiri injili ya ufanisi wanataka kuamini ya kwamba Yesu anataka uwe tajiri. But the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament was never rich. Lakini yule ambaye aliandika waraka mingi nyingi katika agano jipya hakuwa tajiri. Paul was shipwrecked three times. Ukumbuka kwamba yeye na Merikebu aliweza kuharibika aliweza kupata shida mara tatu. Paul was imprisoned three times. Yeye alikuwa korokoroni mara tatu. But men who called themselves men of God Yet do not even know the scriptures. Na kuna wale ambao wanasema hawa ni watu wa Mwenyezi Mungu wanaeneza injili hawezi hawajui Mwenyezi Mungu ni nani. Want you to believe that God wants you to be wealthy and healthy. Na kanjia moja nyingine wanataka wewe uamini kwamba Mungu anataka uwe na afya na uwe tajiri. It is a false gospel. Hiyo ni injili ya bandia. You will not find God wezi mtafuta na ukampata Mungu in their false message katika injili ambayo ni ya bandia Colossians 124 katika kitabu cha Wakolosaya sura ya kwanza mstari wa 24 Again Paul writing Mtume Paulo anaandika He says Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body which is the church in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions Sasa nayafurahia mateso niliyonayo kwa ajili yenu tena nayatimiliza katika mwili wangu yale aliyopungua ya mateso ya Kristo kwa ajili ya mwili wake yani kanisa lake. Can you imagine one of your prosperity gospel preachers saying this? Je, jiulize utapata kama mchungaji ambaye anahubiri injili ya ufanisi anasema maneno kama haya. Can you imagine them saying I rejoice in my sufferings? Jiulize anaweza sema kwamba anafurahia katika mateso yake. At any sign of suffering they start rebuking the devil. Mara nyingi wanapoona ishara ama hali ya mateso katika maisha yao wanaanza kukemea hiyo hali. Oh I rebuke this spirit of poverty in Jesus name. Nakemea hii roho ama pepo ya umaskini. 
No, I refuse to believe their nonsense. Ni ukweli kwamba mambo yao ni ya upumbavu. Because I believe God. Kwa sababu sisi wote tunafaa kumwamini Mwenyezi. You can't believe both. Huwezi tumikia mabwana wawili. Either you believe the prosperity gospel preachers or you believe God, but you cannot say you believe both. Uamuzi ni kwamba uamini injili ya ufanisi ama uamini Mwenyezi Mungu. Huwezi sema kwamba unamwamini Mwenyezi Mungu na injili ya ufanisi. Because they are two completely different messages. God has revealed what is right in his word. Mungu amejifunua na akatuambia ukweli ni nini katika maandiko. And what the prosperity gospel preachers are preaching goes against the word of God. Lakini ujumbe kutokana na injili ya ufanisi inaenda kinyume na maadili ya Mungu. We must believe God. Ni lazima tumwamini Mwenyezi Mungu. Now that is Paul. The mystery of Christ affected Paul. Na hiyo ndio hali ambayo mtume Paulo anapitia vile ambavyo uh, siri ya Mungu iliweza kumshawishi. But we also read in this passage that the mystery of Christ affects heavenly beings. Na tunaambiwa kwamba siri ya Yesu Kristo pia ina inashawishi miili ya kimungu. Just imagine that. Chukua nafasi uwe na ile tu. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Injili ya Yesu Kristo. Uniting together Jews and Gentiles. Ambayo inafanya Wayahudi na watu wa mataifa wawe kitu kimoja. In God's church. Katika kanisa la Mungu. Is something that even the angels were not aware of until the time Christ died and was resurrected and Peter and Paul began preaching. Hata malaika hawezi hakufahamu hadi hapo wakati Yesu aliweza kufa na kufufuka. This wisdom of God made known to men and to angels in the Lord Jesus ought to be regarded by men with the the highest admiration. Na ile hali ya maarifa na hekima ambayo inatokana na Mungu kuweza kujifunua kwetu sisi na kutuunganisha sisi wa Yahudi watu mataifa ni hali ambayo sisi tunatakata pia heshima kuu ama kuipatia hofu kubwa this this wisdom uh, of god that paul refers to in verse 10 as the manifold wisdom katika aya ya kumi tunaambiwa kwamba hii neema ya Mwenyezi Mungu ambayo imekuja kwetu ambayo imejidhirisha kwetu sisi the, the gospel transcends our understanding it is outside of our understanding ndio hali ya wayahudi kuweza kufahamu ni kitu ambacho hakina kipimo and the gospel even transcends the, the limited understanding of the angels na kwamba ile nafasi ya injili pia katika nafasi ya malaika hawezi ifahamu ni siri kubwa and yet we who are, are brought to it we who are by god's grace given understanding into these wonderful truths we are affected by it lakini kwa wale ambao Mungu amechagua neno la Mwenyezi Mungu siri ya Mwenyezi Mungu imeweza shawishika ndani yetu na tunaweza kuelewa na kufahamu and the calling of the gentiles draws the attention of the angels na ile ile wito ya kuweza kuita watu wa mataifa inavutia hata malaika and they are excited and they are full of joy and awe na wanasisimka wanafurahia na wanajazwa na ile heshima kuu ama hofu Luke 15:10 Kitabu cha Luka sura ya 15 aya ya 10 It says in the same way I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents Naambia hivyo vivyo vivyo hivyo kuna furaha mbele ya malaika wa Mungu kwa ajili ya mwenye dhambi mmoja atubuye The cross of Christ saving the elect of God. Msalaba wa Yesu Kristo kuokoa wale ambao Mungu aliteua. 
upsets all notions of wisdom by God's creatures. Inafungua milango yote ya kuonesha kwamba Mungu anaweza kutenda. It goes against anything that we as God's creatures come up with as wisdom. Na inaenda kinyume na vile ambavyo sisi viumbe vya Mwenyezi Mungu tunaita hekima. Neither men nor angels ever could have come up with such a thing. Hakuna binadamu ama malaika ambaye angeamka na mpango kama huo. That man will rebel against Almighty God. Ya kwamba binadamu angeweza kumwasi Mwenyezi Mungu. And Almighty God will come into his creation in the form of a man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ili kwa njia nyingine Mungu angeweza kufanyika binadamu na kuja aishi kati yetu. And he will suffer for rebellious man's sake. Na angeweza kuteseka kwa sababu ya binadamu ambaye alimwasi. If you or I or any angel were as mighty as God I I don't believe for a minute we ever would have come up with such a thing. Kati yetu mimi ama wewe ama malaika wote kama angekuwa na uwezo na nguvu kama Mwenyezi Mungu hakuna yeyote angekuwa na mpango kama wa Mwenyezi Mungu. This is one of the many reasons I believe that the Bible is the word of God. Ndio maana hii ndio sababu moja maandiko inaonyesha kwamba ni neno la Mwenyezi Mungu. Because that kind of wisdom because that kind of of thing i don't believe any man would have come up with a course taken away and we are admitted into the presence of god Ephesians 2:18 Faith in Jesus Christ that is it. It's not faith in Jesus Christ plus you do this or do that. Mungu amekamilika, huwezi ongeza, huwezi And it is not you alone. Doing your your level best to obey the law of God. That will allow you into the presence of It is faith in Jesus Christ alone. That is the only way for any human being to be in the presence of God. A priest cannot do this for you. The man of God cannot do this for you. The witch doctor cannot do this for you. Muhammad cannot do this for you. There is no other way for you to approach Almighty God but by faith in Jesus Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And no one comes to the Father but by Faith in Jesus Christ is the way. This is God's eternal purpose. 
Those who have faith will be with God for all eternity. And those who do not have faith will suffer the wrath of God for all eternity. Hebrews 4.16 Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 
of the body, that is God's church, has that responsibility to be part of the communication of the gospel throughout the world. So if you call yourself a believer, what are you doing? You also have that responsibility to do your part in the church proclaiming the gospel. Or do you just show up here, not really doing anything? Just sort of half listening. And then getting a free lunch. And then going home and just living your life the way you've always lived it. If you're a believer, then the mystery of Christ must affect you. And finally, my final point, and I'll make it quick. The mystery of Christ affects unbelievers. There is no escaping the truth. We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. Everyone sins. And sin has separated us from God. You cannot hide from this truth. Pretending that this is not real will not help you. There are people in hell right now. Maybe even people that you know who would tell you if they could not to make the same mistake that they made. Christ offers you forgiveness of your sins through faith in his life and death and resurrection. Christ says, anyone who thinks, come to him and he will give you drink. That is, he will give you everlasting life. You can come to him and he will never cast you out. Everyone please stand.